0: It came back to what is my why? You know, we always talk about the why. my why is, I wanna succeed in this sport and I feel like I can, I know I can compete with the best. I belong, you know, I belong there and I feel like I need to stand up and fight. And if I belong there, and these instances are, and situations are, are showing themselves, there's the opportunity for me to make progress. That's what's going through my mind. So when these moments are coming up, like, oh, your legs are heavy, slow down. It's like, stand up and fight. Like, come on, like you're stronger than that. And I would, there were moments, it wasn't consistent and I'm stringing these moments together more and more. So these moments are, are starting to gel together. But you need to you need to realize that you're in that steady state and you need to surge forward and stand up and fight. So I just kept standing up to fight. I kept pushing myself. I kept, you know, cooling myself off. And then I would run fast and I would see like, okay, I can run fast now. And then I would find myself back into a steady state. And at that moment, I would start pushing again. Like, but it's continually checking in with yourself. And the mantra of stand up and fight might carry me through the rest of the season because it's... It really stuck with me all the way to the end. And it wasn't the race I had anticipated. I, I didn't finish high, you know, within the top 10 is what my goal was, but I gained so much from this race. And I can honestly say that going there and participating and pushing myself and putting myself in this unknown is the absolute right thing to do, the best thing to do in this time.
1: Episode 71 of the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. Welcome, you guys. We're happy to have you here. This is our September episode of Ask the YTs, and I've got BJ here. He is fresh off of Ironman Wisconsin. So... We like to do a little bit of a smackdown, and we're going to do a little smackdown with Beege and address some listener questions. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in, for sharing the show. We got a lot of feedback from last week's interview, a uh, conversation with Michelle May, who has just taken a sledgehammer to the pet food industry. It was such a wealth of information. I've got many friends who have been giving us feedback uh, how they've been sharing the show. So if you've got a fr- if you've got friends who have pets who you know maybe struggling with their weight, their health, definitely turn them on to that show. She's such a wealth of information, and she'd be happy to hear from you if you have more questions. Thank you, everyone who is supporting us on Patreon. It's just with the deepest of thanks, we really, really have so much gratitude for your help. And there is a fifteen minute, just about a fifteen minute audio clip. Of an additional part of our interview with Michelle that went up there yesterday. So, this is launching on Monday. So, it went up there on Sunday. And so, check that out. If you are a Patreon supporter, you can check that out and get even a little bit more info about some cool things that Michelle is doing. But I just want to welcome BJ back from Wisconsin. You've been, you came back the next day, like Monday. You raced Monday on night. Sunday. Yeah. And I just want to congratulate you and then brag a little bit because he's not going to tell anyone this, but I will tell everyone this, that according to the All World Athlete Results, you are 16th in the world for age 40 to 44, which I just think is is unbelievable. It's so fantastic. You know, I, I lose sight of it sometimes of just how amazing you are as an athlete because I just I see it day in and day out. But I had done a post the night before the race, just reflecting on the amount of discipline that you show day after day without complaint. I don't hear you complain. Like you are definitely meant to endure, which I think can be a little bit of an enemy. So it's like finding balance with that, but without complaint. And and I think that that's where where athletes get tripped up is just complaining, complaining about race conditions. And we can kind of get into what you were seeing in the – in the Facebook posts and stuff like that leading up to the race, things that you were hearing during the race, but just complaining about the life situation, you know, it's the life situation is going to ebb and flow and there's going to be all different things that happen. But, you know, when we love something and we want to pursue something and we want to set a goal, like you got to burn that desire deep into your heart and you have to wake up every morning and remind yourself of what you love and what you want to do. And you do that every day. So congratulations on an amazing finish. You came in, I think 17th in your age group and uh, yeah, congratulations on that unbelievable worldwide status of being 16th. And I know that that's just going to move up as we make our way to your Kona qualification. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: a, it's a process, you know, and, and you can't put a time limit to it. It's, this is my, this is my, this is my journey. This is my progression. And there's no set timeline on what BJ's progression is. So I'm enjoying every, every step of this process. And, and it having those photos posted that you posted the night before the race was just amazing. I think I Saw it the day, the morning of?
1: Yeah, you probably saw it the morning if of because you were probably of. already sleeping when I posted it. But just to it. see
0: all those moments in the campgrounds, because we were in the campground quite, quite a lot. <laughs> and we were traveling, and this is when our, our Ride the High Vibe tour happened last year. And we were traveling across the country, and I was trying to train for an Ironman. And these photos that were posted just brought me back to those experiences when I was setting up my trainer in fields, and at a picnic table, at a campground, and in a hotel room in Monterey. <laughs> and it's just...
1: In New York City. Remember hauling the trainer... City into the
0: basement of the hotel. Downstairs of the hotel,
1: of the hotel right. in New York City and training in the in the basement of the hotel. I mean, just getting it done. And so go back on our, our page, Yogi Triathlete, on Facebook and check out that post. And I think I posted four pictures of you training for Ironman Louisville at that time and you just wherever we were you just haul out that trainer from the car and just set it up and get the work done and that's what it's about it's about it's about getting the work done whatever it is that you want to do you want less stress in your life you want to be able to love more you want to go to kona you want to be a better parent whatever it is you got to do the work to get there and then the work is not the work is every moment the work is not just what you see on the plan and the work is in the moment when you want to complain and add to the complaints of the world. You make another choice. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that.
1: All right. So you did something that you had talked about for a while about going to an Ironman by yourself, and you like, do you like you've talked about that I, in the past? Yeah, I've talked before. about it a
0: lot. Like I.
1: And so you finally did it. How was that? I, why did you want it, Why did you want to do that?
0: I want to do it because it puts me in a situation that typically i'd be uncomfortable with. And although i like to to spend time by myself, i think putting myself in a situation where i'm racing an ironman at a a new ironman which i've never done before in a new place which i've never been before all by myself which i've never done before just really puts you in that deep experience of how, how am i going to what's going to happen and how am i going to react in every instant. And in every instant, I can say I was there in the, in the moment and present, like from the flight to the Uber car to putting my bike together to go, walking to the local co-op. Like I can recall all these moments from this past trip. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be there in, in every moment that I could soak up and just see how I will react. And of course, those reactions are more vibrant on race day because it there's a lot more on the line and there's a lot more that's moving me towards my goal of getting to Kona. But having every experience up to that point was, was just so amazing. And that word may be overused, but standing in line and watching people's reactions when you're trying to register, like, do I need this? Do I need that? Or hearing, overhearing conversations of I'm nervous and being able to jump in and and speak to it's you know, this is what you need to do on the swim. Come see me at yoga. Like we'll work on your breath. And it was, it was really cool. Um, there was a small moment and I think somebody asked me this, it might've been Liz, one of our athletes, but was there ever a moment I had hesitation or regret or felt fear? And there was one, really quick moment where I really, really missed you and Clark. And I think it was the first day I was there because I talked to Liz on Thursday after I did check-in and it was just, I was sitting on or standing on top of the, uh, the terrace, Monona terrace and looking out at the water and it was great, you know, gray skies and I had my puffy on and I was just like, Oh, I wish I was home with my dog and, and my wife, because that is what that is what really brings me joy. You know. I re- it's comfortable. It's comfortable. It's a known. But it quickly passed. And I just knew, like, you know, our bond is so strong, all three of us, our pack, that it doesn't matter where we are. It, it, it's just the location. Uh, and it soon passed. And, and then I was recharged and ready to go for the rest of the trip. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I was right there by your side. Oh, of course. I was right there by your side. I woke up early Sunday morning the day of the race. And I looked at the time and I did some calculations and realized that you were on the swim. And I sat in meditation and I, I was just right next to you on that swim stroke for stroke. And the beauty of, ha- of having that Ironman experience multiple times myself, like I can, I could embody that silent cacophony of the swim and what it sounds like and the breath and, and the things that go through your mind, which for me, every time I started an Ironman, I'd be like 400 yards in and I'd be like, I don't really feel like doing this. And then, you know, you snap out of it. I didn't have that moment when I was meditating in California, but it's just so cool that we think that we have to be right next to somebody to support them or to resolve a conflict or to matter in their lives. And that's such a flawed premise. It is such a flawed premise you can be right by their side no matter what. Absolutely, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, the swim was, was rocking.
1: Well, let's jump into questions. All right. All right, so this question comes from Mike. I wonder if this is Money Mike who left us a review. And thank you everyone who has left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please, if you're enjoying the show, please go there and leave a few words. I think in last week's, episode, I even said like, I have to leave a couple reviews. I haven't done it yet. So I got to do it. Uh, raw food foot soldier who we were on his podcast. I got to leave that review. Doesn't take so. long I know it doesn't, doesn't have to be perfect. It's taken so much longer <laughs> to just keep it on my to-do list. I'm just going to get it done. All right. This one comes from Mike. So the swim format at Ironman Wisconsin was new this year and he's thinking, I guess he's thinking about doing it for next year. So he wants to know what it was like. How did it change? Did you get, you know, like, um, did, were you able to get a warm up in,
0: yeah, so this is this is the last Ironman Wisconsin is the last Ironman besides Kona that had a mass start as of last year, and this is the first year that Ironman Wisconsin in its 17 years, I think Mike Riley said that it went to a, a wave format. So it's not your typical what they've been doing is doing a rolling start of people based on their swim times. That's what's predominantly at the Ironman races now. Wisconsin went to an age group. Rolling start. So there were six age groups and approximately 500 people in each age group. And I went fourth. So there were different waves and there was five minutes between each wave.
1: Plenty of time.
0: Plenty of time. And you started from the shore in corrals and you would swim out to the buoy. You had five minutes to go from the shore out to the buoy, which was about 150, maybe 200 yards out. And... That was going to be a warm up. There was no time for with five minutes just to get in the water and get five hundred people in the water and get out there. There really wasn't time to warm up. So what I did for me was to use the breath work that we use, the three breath um, breathing pattern that a we three have.
1: breath medicine. Yeah,
0: and b- I posted that in the Wisconsin um, Facebook group, and I actually spoke to it and performed it with those who attended the yoga session on on Thursday or Friday morning at the Capitol. But the breath work really gets your lungs going, gets, gets you calm. And then you get in the water and I was able to swim a few efforts out to that first buoy. So there was plenty of time. I, I remember reading in the, the post when it, was, when it was promoted that there would be these waves and people were all up in arms about whether there would be enough time to get all the people in. And why didn't they just keep it a mass start? And all this like angst against what was happening. And even at the athletes meeting, people were, were talking and chatting, like at the end, like, you sure that's enough time? I don't think that's enough time. And they're questioning, questioning what the race director in Man is doing on race day. And this, all this energy is going back and forth and back and forth. And what was going through my mind sitting there was just that there's nothing you can do that's going to change that. So where is your energy best spent? Your energy right now is best spent being here in the moment at the race, at the athlete meeting. This, if you have a question, ask it, but use the energy wisely. This is what has to happen. It's, a, it's an age group start. We're going in five waves. What wave do I need to go in? I'm in wave four. Great. I got to get back to the hotel and get my feet up. Like now it's a known. Why are you trying to feed the story of back and forth? Like why are there waves? Why aren't there waves? And I think a lot of energy is spent or expended then that could use, be better used elsewhere.
1: Absolutely. And it's. I was just talking about this in, in yoga today when I was teaching this morning. They were in a pose and it was really challenging. And I said, you know, just notice. Like notice if you're waiting for this to change. And when we're waiting or when we're not accepting what is, what we're saying to the universe is what you have provided for me in my life situation is unacceptable. It is unacceptable and it must change. But the fact is, is that it's not going to change and that you're always served up exactly what you're supposed to be served up. So in those moments when you feel challenged, when you don't understand why Iron Man made this decision and you don't feel comfortable that you're not going to have the warm up, that that's your sign. We're being tested all the time. The first test is every morning when we wake up. Every morning when we wake up, are we going to sit for meditation? Are we going to sit and just take a conscious breath? Or are we going to dive into our day and our coffee and all of that? And the tests, like, go throughout the day. Everything is a test. Every, like, almost everything is a test. in
0: every, every moment, every moment <laughs> is a test.
1: And you get to choose if you want to act... Think, speak in a way that is in alignment with furthering you towards your goals. So, what is it that you want to be in this life? Do you want to be a good dad? Do you want to be a good parent? Do you want to um, do you want to be a good athlete? Do you want to go to Kona? Whatever it is, every action, every word, every every thought we indulge in this life is the precursor to what we create. So, just you know it's not that you're not going to feel like maybe some of those people were just like in fear, like, Oh my God, I'm not going to have enough time. Blah, blah, blah. And like, but it's working with that fear. It has nothing to do with Iron Man. It has nothing to do with the, the swim. It's what you're supposed to learn in that moment. And so the, the universe gives us opportunities all the time to be stronger, bigger, faster, better. And so many times we, we, we get pressed back. Like we get right. pushed back. And so I think I was saying this on a Facebook live but, but earth is like being here on this earth is like a school. You can, you can graduate. Yeah. You can skip grades, which I'm all about, or you can get held back. And so in those moments when we resist what is, we just keep, keep getting held back. Like the universe is like, oh, we would call it in the spiritual world. We would call it immaturity. Like, okay, they're not. And that seems like an insult, but it's not, it's just a fact. Like, okay, they're spiritually immature. So they're going to continue to get the same, the same essence of this challenge until they're able to step up.
0: Right. And there are plenty of, oppor- are plenty of opportunities here yeah. for people to, to realize that that's such a great point. Like it's, it's, you got to turn it back on yourself. Like, what is it about you? Right. Or what is it about me that doesn't like having this format? Right. You know, did I, did I, Do the work that was necessary to be prepared for this race. And and I think I think you're so right. Like people's minds were going into the what if. Well, what if I don't get in the water in time? Well, what if people I'm I'm following people behind me that are slower? Or what if? And it's always the what if when as when in reality that doesn't even exist. All that exists is that you know that you have a swim and you're in wave four. That is a fact. What can you do now? I can show up on race day and show up for wave four and be ready to go.
1: When race day comes, and when race day comes, that will now be the present moment. Right. And so it's, it's finding this balance. I think we talked about it on the last show about having your goals and being able to have sight for the future, but staying very anchored in the moment. Super important. So how, how did that go for you? Like how did that all, was that fine? Like, it was this, fine. like the yeah. age group thing, was that cool? That's kind of weird because now you're swimming with all different levels as yeah. opposed to being seated. I, I, I'm I sure like they're, just, they're just like, do people realize that we're all just guinea pigs? I mean, Iron Man's just figuring out what, what works and what doesn't right. work by trying new things. And
0: each location is, is different. And yeah. I, I personally like the rolling start. Like you swim with the people who are, who are with you you know, at at what your expected pace is. So
1: you would just seed yourself into the front of your swim group, yeah. like your, your age group. exactly. And how's the deep water start? So I remember when I did like Placid and it was a mass start, it was a deep water start and I loved it because there's something so ominous about it. Like something so like, you're just out there now. You're, you're floating. Com- you're completely separated yeah. from the crowd. You're like, whoa, like this yeah. space is just for me. I'm an athlete. Like I'm here. This is the beginning of my day. And so you're floating in water. How, how were those moments right before the gun went off? What were you doing right before the gun just went off? Just
0: treading water. I was right by the fir- the buoy, the inside buoy. And there was nobody there. It was like... Oh, it's the only place sp- to be. Plenty of space. And, I, and it was just... Yeah, it was a con. Like I probably had a minute or two. They counted down. There was a woman on a kayak, a, a volunteer. And she said, yeah, there's about a minute left. And she moved away. And then you could see the kayaks move away. And then the gun goes off and you go.
1: Oh, that's so And cool. you just
0: start swimming and... You know i really took it out like i've been practicing like i've been practicing like practicing race starts in the pool jumping out and doing the deck ups and getting the heart rate up and push pu- pushing it out hard
1: and when you push out hard and so this is like these are such potent moments when you push hard at the beginning of an iron man or any race really, where you can all of a sudden throw yourself into like a panic, like I'm not getting the breath. Oh my God, I just hit that guy. Like, how was that for you? How did you regain control or were you breathless or what was your pace I came
0: close to being out of breath, but because I've been working through it so much in the pool, like this is something I've really worked on over the years and a lot of work this year in the pool. And we did the sets today in the pool where you're like, you go really fast on short rest, really fast on short rest, but then you have to do an easy, go right into an easy on short rest. And now your heart rate and your breath is up and you're, you're, you're forcing yourself to come down. And then you come back and we do the hard sets again. So you're constantly going up and down, forcing your breath to be controlled. And that's the, that's the only way I feel that you can control that is putting yourself in those situations. So on the swim in Wisconsin, I had that brief moment, but then got right back to it. And the water was choppy. I would say the water was choppy, definitely on the return because it's a counterclockwise one loop swim and you go along the shore and then you go to, you turn left and then you turn left again and you head all the way back. And on that all the way back was definitely more choppy than it was uh, going out. And so I just got into my rhythm and was siding off in and it was challenging to see the buoys a little bit because the sun was coming up which is always a factor, but that's why you practice sighting. And I thought I had a really strong swim. I really was focusing on wide and deep. You know, these are the things I've been working on, keeping my arms wide and, and pushing my stroke deep and getting a big pull, as triathlons, triathletes should. And I came around the corner and charged in, and I don't really think I had, how do you, how do, uh,
1: how you say? How you say? <laughs>
0: How you I say. didn't really back off. I should say, like I was always pushing it. And then when I would get into a comfortable stroke, I would think to myself, "Oh, you can go harder. Like push harder." And then I would push harder, and I'd pass some people because, you know, I I could see them by my side, by my side, and then I would surge past them, and exited the water. And I didn't have a watch, and I didn't know what time it was, so I had no clue what my swim was. But I felt great. I felt like I I gave it a good effort. I gave it a good go, and yeah, exited the water and ran up the helix. Nice. Which this is an experience. <laughs> this is helix, so you go around and around and around. You go up for four Are levels. Are dizzy?
1: So you're like swimming horizontal yeah, swimming. and then you're running in circles straight up. Yeah.
0: That sounds get, awesome. You get your wetsuit stripped before that. That's key. And then you're just running with your wetsuit and, and you just like, it seems like you're gaining momentum <laughs> as you're going up because you're like, and then it's a little bit teetering to the side. Um, but it's all lined with crowds and people cheering. and it was awesome. It was pretty awesome, yeah.
1: Very cool. All right. I think that's good on that question. All right, next question. So this comes from Jillian. What did your nutrition look like? So she must have listened to our Santa Rosa Smackdown. That's a good one if you haven't listened to that. What did your nutrition look like and did it change from Ironman Santa Rosa?
0: So pre-race nutrition, absolutely the same. I do the same thing every time so that was solid nothing changed from santa rosa but my race nutrition definitely changed like during the race i forgot to bring my bento box and i had the opportunity to purchase one or just kind of work through what i had and again just get through the day and
1: I'm what? just like thinking about the mindset of like I could purchase one, but then that means I have two bento boxes, right. and I only need one, and I just don't want extra. And right? I only use the thought process, the, yeah,
0: and I only use the bento box. I just don't
1: want extra ever on race day, again. right? So
0: it's just it, I just don't want the extra. Being being minimalist as we are, just we don't need that extra stuff. So immediately I just thought like, okay, I have pockets, and this is what the race course nutrition is perfect. This is what I'm going to do. So I stacked two water bottles with my uh, scratch fluid. So what normally would be in almost six water bottles, I put in two water bottles and marked it with a marker, a little Sharpie, and I, it's very concentrated. So I took, a, I took a sip whenever I needed to, I think it was every 10 minutes, and then washed the rest down with water, which I would pick up on the race course. As far as food, I, I normally use Amrita bars, It didn't uh, happen this time on the race. I had one Amrita bar, uh, but I did use, what did I use? Health Warrior, the Chia bars. And also picked up a goo on the race course and then shoved down bananas whenever I could, you know, two or three half bananas. Um, So that definitely was a change from Santa Rosa because I was diligent about fueling every 10 minutes. And then every hour I was taking in solid food, um, being really diligent about it. I wanted to, to stock up on my nutrition. And then on the run, big changes here. Normally, because I had so much success at Ironman Louisville last year with just drinking Coke and having bananas, that I mixed it up and took in additional bananas and I took in goose every four or five miles. So full packets of of cliff Bo- Cliff Gel, I think. Is and we like goo because
1: goo's vegan.
0: Goo's vegan, so I, I purchased as many of those as I could.
1: No need to have animal parts no, in your goo. No. Mm-mm.
0: And took in some oranges, because oranges, I feel like they, that refreshes the mouth, like just having that citrus uh, taste in the mouth. And I did Coke every two aid stations and then water. So the big changes were the uh, the health warrior bars on the bike and then the Additional goose on the run was pretty much the change.
1: Did you have any issues?
0: I didn't have any issues. No issues. Not that I can remember, no. The the one thing I wanted to say on the bike, I was feeling a little fatigued and I haven't had any caffeine. So I'm off caffeine and I've been off caffeine for three months, I want to say. And we had a question about this, like what I would do on race day. So I actually, that gel that I mentioned, I grabbed on the bike at about mile 90, I reached into my pocket. and I'm like, I have this goo. I might as well just try this goo. It's time for a fueling. And it was a caffeinated goo. And I was so fired up. And I swigged that thing down. And then for the next, you know, 22 miles, I, I, ha- I put it down and I was able to to charge forward. So it was like perfect timing of fuel that I had and having the caffeine. Nice. Yeah.
1: You had said something, you've said it a couple times now and I've, I've just like let it marinate and it makes so much sense to me race nutrition. Yes, you want to practice it, you want to have a plan, all that stuff, and you know, you want to be flexible, but I really believe that the gut, like the microbiome and the gut and the and the health of the GI tract that you are bringing into that race is everything to being able to process Right, so if if your diet, like you can't out-exercise a crappy diet. So if your diet's crappy, like, in, and I'll admit this, when we first started training, we would, I mean, we've always eaten healthy, quote-unquote healthy, as we thought it was healthy. But we would definitely, like, sometimes train to eat, you know, and like just french fries and beers and all of that and probably didn't have the microbiome that we have now. But I think that if you can bring yourself in – as fit as you can in the the biology of your gut being very strong and healthy. It has everything, like race nutrition, I guess what I'm saying is race nutrition is not just race day. Like your ability to be successful on race day with your nutrition is not just race day. It's everything that you do all the time and the choices that you make every moment of how you're fueling your body. When you wake up in the morning, do you go right to the coffee or do you go to
0: big glass of water? Big
1: glass of water yeah. with maybe a little cayenne and some lemon to cleanse the body first. You know, it's those little decisions, little tests that we get all the time um, that we can choose to live in the highest alignment of our health or not. And so, you had mentioned this a couple of times, and I haven't spoken to it yet, but I do believe that coming in with a super strong gut. That's just healthy, you know, and is everything to how you're going to process what happens on race day.
0: Including the quality of the water, too. You know, people were commenting like they got sick last year, so how can we prevent being sick? And that alone is just build up your gut biome. Like
1: You're immune, yeah. Eat that sauerkraut.
0: Like, it was 80% of your immune systems in your gut.
1: Yeah, that's one thing that we, we always have sauerkraut, but I feel like you eat even more of it, like the beginning of your race week. And sauerkraut, so a lot of people take probiotics, but actually there's, there's more of that good, healthy bacteria and like one tablespoon of sauerkraut for very low cost. So check out the, maybe I'll put a, I'm sure we can find something uh, to put a link in the show notes on that, but sour, and you can make it yourself, which is super Super easy. easy, super easy. But we've been eating this sauerkraut that has like Persian cucumbers in it and cabbage. It's just so good. And then, and and I give it to Clark too. I put it on his food um, as to help his microbiome because he's got microbiome that matters as well. Okay.
0: But I think the point there is to go to the food first. Like you don't need the pills or the whatever the additional supplements like go to the food like food has everything you need so start with the food
1: depending on what food you eat but yeah i mean start
0: yeah eat healthy and and consider what your goals are like if it if your goal is to have a great race do everything possible outside of training because training is going to take care of itself do everything outside the recovery the nutrition every day make it a routine and make it part of your lifestyle yep Yeah.
1: Okay. This next question is from Jen. Hey, Jen. What was the hardest part for you, and how did you push through? I love this. We want to get into the mental game here. What was the hardest part for you?
0: The hardest part again. Like what is
1: like? (laughs) what's, What's like the first thing that comes to mind?
0: It's it was getting on that run, knowing that again my legs would be a little toasted with the with the hilly course and going after it again. And being okay with what being okay with how the run would pan out. So I know this doesn't sound extremely risky, but for me that run getting out of T2 and getting on that run in my mind, I was like, I'm risking, I'm risking failure of this marathon. And I say that because I went out fast and the time that, Pace may not reflect that, but my effort and my purpose coming off of that run was I'm going to go run as hard as I can in this moment for as long as I can. And can can you just grasp that? Can you just, it's not like I'm going to build into the run. I'm going to, you know, stick to my paces. Why are you doing that? Because I'm at that level now where I know I can complete these races. But what I'm intrigued on and what is, what is enticing to me is to, is to see how hard I can push myself and see if I can break some limiters that are going on in my mind. And no matter how much meditation I do, no matter how much training I do, the race experience for me has been a challenge. And so this is why I put myself in these situations where now I've got to take it, i got to run hard off of a long bike and swim and all by myself in Wisconsin. <laughs> Nobody knows I'm here and really like push it. And so I pushed it for the first mile. And this, so this is the challenge. The challenge was how many miles can I go? Not putting, a, not putting a limit on it saying, I'm gonna go five miles and then I'm gonna shut it down. Or I'm gonna go five miles if I can just get the five miles. What I was doing was I'm gonna go each mile and see how, how long I can hold this. So I went to mile one and then mile two. And then mile three, and I'm just like continuing, and I was actually laughing at myself because I was surprised that I'm able to hold a running effort, not a walking or jogging effort, like I was running. And the reason I know that, I don't have a watch, so I don't know what pace I was hitting, but I remember people on the side were like, you're looking strong, you're looking strong, like you look great, like great pace. And when they say that, I know that I'm ticking over. It may not seem fast, but I know that I'm moving. And so I got to mile three and mile four, mile five, and it just kept going. And I was smiling and laughing to myself because I'm like, this is exactly what you wanted. This, like how, how, how long can you keep this pace up? And And I didn't know. I didn't know. I had no idea how long I could keep this pace up. So I just kept going and I hit seven and I hit mile eight and I hit mile nine. And then I was coming back into town. And of course, you know, you have these little lapses where I'm at the aid station and I'm pouring water over my head and it's just like, okay, get back moving. So I just kept moving. And I got to about, I'm gonna be honest here. I think it was about mile 15 or 16. And then it started to, the mind was starting to win a little bit. It was, it was starting to say.
1: What was it saying?
0: It was saying your legs are tired. Your legs are heavy. You've got a whole nother lap to do. So
1: not helpful. <laughs> So not helpful it's mind,
0: not. so not helpful. And this is, this is even a better point to, to mention is that the mind was like, it's okay. You've already done 14 miles at a great pace. Let's compromise here. Oh yeah, this making deals. Let's making make some deals. deals. So you've done that already. Mm-hmm. Let's just back off and ease a little bit. And so I found myself in those moments and, and I was aware that this was happening. And when I would bring myself back to the present moment awareness in that situation, I would pick up the pace.
1: But how would you, how did you combat those? How did you redirect your awareness? How did you combat those thoughts in your, in your mind?
0: It, it,
1: did you have a mantra? I did. Like, for what the, did you do?
0: I absolutely did. And, so your and, mind's
1: like, your legs are so tired <laughs> and heavy. And you know what, dude? You've done enough. You're here right. all by yourself. <laughs> it's okay. So what do you do?
0: My mantra for this was stand up and fight. I stand up and fight. And I talked to you a little bit about, on a video we did a Facebook live, but I'm listening to the Bhagavad Gita on audio and I've already read it. And it's, it's a big part of our practice and yoga teachings. And, and it's just a big, it's becoming a bigger, bigger part of our lives or my life, at least. And I know yours cause you always read from it, but Arjuna is with Krishna and Krishna is his spiritual guide. And he's out in this battlefield and he realizes he has to fight his cousins. You know, this is the this is a big battle. I don't know what period it was way in the past. And he's got to stand up and fight. He's like cowering down because he notices it's his, it's his cousins. And, and this is his, you know, his relatives and, and Krishna, who's his spiritual guide says, you need to stand up and fight. Like, it doesn't matter. Like you need to just stand up and fight and listening to it on an audio really resonated with me. It was, it was really compelling the way that it was read. And so it came back to what is my why, you know, we always talk about the why. My why is I want to succeed in this sport. And I feel like I can, I know I can compete with the best. I belong you know, I belong there and I feel like I need to stand up and fight. And if I belong there and these instances are in situations are, are showing themselves, there's the opportunity for me to make progress. That's what's going through my mind. So when these moments are coming up, like, oh, your legs are heavy, slow down. It's like, stand up and fight. Like, come on, like you're stronger than that. And I would, there were moments, it wasn't, consistent. And I'm stringing these moments together more and more. So these moments are, are starting to gel together, but you need to, you need to realize that you're in that steady state and you need to surge forward and stand up and fight. So I just kept standing up the fight. I kept pushing myself. I kept, you know, cooling myself off and then I would run fast and I would see like, okay, I can run fast now. And then I would find myself back into a steady state. And at that moment I would start pushing again, like, but it's continually checking in with yourself. And the mantra of stand up and fight might carry me through the rest of the season because it's, it really stuck with me all the way to the end. And it wasn't the race I had anticipated. I, I didn't finish high, you know, within the top 10 is what my goal was. But I gained so much from this race. And I can honestly say that Going there and participating and pushing myself and putting myself in this unknown is the absolute right thing to do, the best thing to do in this time.
1: And those those thoughts that you were having, those were your relatives and your cousins on the battlefield. And that's what they represent in the Bhagavad Gita, Gita, which is how I've learned to say it now listening to the audio. But that's really what it is. It's that it's the every man's battle with the mind. And we are not our minds.
0: No, we're not. And, and
1: That's a heavy thing to think about, but we are not our minds. We are not our bodies. We are not our thoughts.
0: So if you can rise above that and, and see, see those thoughts, like be the observer of those thoughts, then you can begin to make choices that are your choices, not your thought choices, Right. So that's what, I'm, that's what I'm working on is, is not acting on those thoughts and it's getting better and better and I'm making progress. And there's no timeline for this. There's no timeline. I'm discovering it. Every race, every training session, every meditation, every conversation, high vibe conversation with you in the car or down by the beach is getting me closer to observing more and more thoughts. And realizing I'm not my thoughts.
1: And there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to reach that goal. I mean, you know, the mind can work in in really good ways too. Like you've qualified for 70.3 Worlds. You've qual you've you've qualified for the best of the best. You will qualify for the best of the best again. There's no doubt in my mind. That was nice. Okay. All right. This is from Tim. What up, Tim? For somebody eyeing this race next season, yeah, dude, you should totally sign up. What would you say is key to incorporate for course-specific training?
0: That's a great question.
1: Like based on the course. Yeah.
0: Supposedly, Ironman marks this as one of the toughest courses. And I had to see it to believe it. It is extremely challenging. Lake Placid is extremely challenging. I've done that a few times. And so that's what I have... uh, that's what I can compare it to. And also Louisville, people have talked about that, but Madison might might be the most challenging course because it is so undulating. It's up and down, up and down, up and down relentlessly. And there's a few straightaways, but it's really punchy. You know, there's some hills, I think Barlow is the one hill where people walk up. And at one time, I think the course incorporated it twice. In this particular race, they only went through it once. Why
1: are people walking their bikes?
0: It's pretty steep.
1: Like what kind of grade? It's
0: like old stage.
1: Like 15%? 17%, I want
0: to maybe. But it's like old stage.
1: And how long is it?
0: It's pretty long. It's longer than old stage. <laughs> it
1: sounds brutal. <laughs> old stage, which is in Boulder. It's in Boulder. And if you want to experience old stage, do the Boulder Peak.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so it's very punchy. So my recommendation is to is to ride... Hills, of course, but here's the key. You you want to spin up the hills and this is for everyone. You want to spin up the hills easy, but once you get to the top of the hill, you need to crest, crest the top of the hill, and then you need to, to carry your momentum over and then shift into a harder gear to carry your momentum down the hill. If you're spinning up and spinning down, then you're not really utilizing what you have there, which is this hill, which is serving the perfect, um, launch pad for you to go arrow on the, um, on the downside. So you want to, you want to spin up, get to the top, and then you want to push the hard gear down because there are ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. So I would definitely say that I would say big gear, gear work going up hills. You want to get that uh, muscle and endurance.
1: That would be different from spinning, so kind yes. of incorporating both different types in your training.
0: Yeah. So in training, so in training, you want to do one or two minutes of sixty revolutions going up a hill, and then come back down, and then do the same, and maybe do four or five repeats to start, and then begin to incorporate longer sessions. And then when you get that, then begin to incorporate arrow position doing this, but only when you've accomplished you know the 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 regular seated position because you can tax your hamstrings and IT bands a little bit too much. So I, th- I think it's important to practice on the hills. I also think getting off the bike and doing some weight work, you know, some squats I think would be great. Um, squat work, building those quads and being able to, being able to power up these hills. It's, it's, there's never a moment where you're just like cruising along. I would say it's constantly rolling. So my advice is to definitely get onto a rolling course. If you're inside on the trainer, you know, elevate your front wheel and shift down so that you're doing lower revolutions and prepare, use that as a, as preparation for a hill.
1: And then you said that you were like in the arrow, out of the arrow, in the arrow, out of the arrow. How, is that, how Where were you feeling that in your body or were you?
0: In- yeah. Shoulders for sure. Shoulders and wrists because you're putting a lot of, when you stand up. Uh, which I would do to punch over the hill. You're putting a lot of pressure on your shoulders, and you're putting a lot of pressure on your wrists. So in training, you need to practice that same that same uh, hand position and body position. So to do that, again, if you're on the trainer, spend two minutes in arrow, two minutes in seated, and two minutes standing up.
1: Oh, I love that workout. And just
0: yeah, <laughs> I love that. And workout. just continue working your way through that. So we actually go two minutes standing, two minutes seated, two minutes arrow. So And just cycle through that. And And
1: we do that on slower revolutions, don't we? Yeah, so the standing
0: and seated are 60 to 65 revolutions. And then when you get into arrow, it's like you're cruising again, so you get a high cadence. So now you're working all the muscles in your legs and your hips and getting that full motion. And and start with like one set of that and then work to two sets and then three sets. And getting that variety in position is going to help you.
1: Yeah, and I and I think that you we can't you can't ever have a strong enough core.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah.
1: because the the strong core can hold your torso, so there's not so like so your shoulders and your wrists aren't taking the brunt of it, but they are going to take some of it. Um so yoga, yoga people, yoga is going to give you yoga. length, length where you are short and strength where you are weak and balance from side to side. Yoga, 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 yoga.
0: All right. Oh, one more thing about the yeah. the course, you'll want to take in time your nutrition before you hit the hills. Two things, <laughs> time your nutrition. So you, you swig your water bottle before you hit the hill so that you have both hands on the bars to go up the hill. And two, you want to shift into that lower gear. There were countless numbers of people on the side of the road and I could hear them talking the day after at the award <laughs> ceremony that they would be dropping chains and dropping their shifting. And this was electronic shifting as well as uh, manual shifting. So shift into that lighter gear before you hit the hill. Um, even if you're just spinning a little bit um, at the first part of it, it'll all come together as you, as you progress up the hill. You just don't wanna drop the chain. Yeah. And that can lead to so many so many other That's things.
1: That's good advice. Okay, last question. Yeah. And this comes from another Mike. Maybe this is Money Mike. <laughs> all right, hey Mike. <laughs> What is your plan leading up to IMAZ? I wonder if he's racing IMAZ. And, oh, I love you already, Mike. Will you be teaching yoga before
0: the race? Great question. Let me talk about the yoga first. So, yes, I'm going to be teaching yoga at Ironman, Arizona.
1: So, it's kind of like our thing that we've started to. I won't be in Arizona. I'm going to be in New York City that week.
0: So, again, I'll be solo at a race. <laughs> but I have some friends. I really. got some friends, the friends family. racing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to do some, some yoga at Ironman Arizona. Not sure where yet. I uh, usually try to, try to work with the Ironman director, uh, race director, if I can do it in Ironman Village. Cool. Because it's usually done in the morning at 7 before anyone gets there. And
1: some race directors just aren't into it. And that's fine. That's where they are.
0: Yeah. They'll pass on it for this year, and that's okay. <laughs>
1: Quote, unquote, I'm going to pass on this.
0: There's always ways to do it. You I, found a way, though. I found a way. In Wisconsin, I did it Friday morning at 7 a.m. I did it on the Capitol lawn, which is right by the finish of Ironman, and had some people come out, and it was great. You know, I promoted it through the Facebook group, and I did an hour session. of slow flow, got the bodies moving, and then went through the breath workouts that we spoke about, which really help open the lungs and calm the nerves come race day.
1: And so somebody who like doesn't really practice yoga or doesn't practice yoga at all, maybe they've never even done it before and they're like, well, I can't go because I've never done it. And I'm going to like ruck my body or whatever. Like, can you just speak to how you're teaching it or what the point of that pre-race yoga is?
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely not to hurt anybody. And I welcome all levels, even if you haven't even started yoga yet. It's a gentle, slow practice. And it really focuses on the mind and your mindset. And if you're scared or having hesitation or worried about the swim start or race day, or this is your first Ironman, I absolutely believe that you need to be at this yoga practice. And yoga is more than just bendy and twisty. It's, it's the mindset that you have. It's community. You're with like-minded people You've got a resource. You've got me. I've, done, you know, I've completed 10 Ironmans now. I've been doing this for 13 years. You all have access to me. And I've done Ironman Arizona before. And use this as a, as a way to step a little bit outside your comfort zone and maybe pick up a cue or two from, from the mental side of things that will help you on race day. You know, These are the tools that we use, that we share with our athletes, that get them prepared and ready to, to have a killer race. So I encourage you to come down, all levels. Doesn't have to. You don't have to be a yogi master to come. We could come. care
1: less what your pose. I don't look care. Like.
0: Just bring a towel, some water, and meet me wherever I post. <laughs> Stay tuned. Nice. And uh, I'll be there for Ironman Arizona.
1: Yeah, and I think you had some feedback from some of the people that went to the class that it really, really helped them race it morning. Did. And so yeah. it really is. It's about the mind and and show up even if you sit there on your on your towel and you do nothing. Don't worry about having a yoga mat. Bring a towel. You can use the earth. It doesn't matter. We'll have you'll have extra mats anyway cuz you'll have the car. Okay, so what's your plan leading up to IMAs? Like what did you take away cuz everything is a building block? Like what did you take like how are you going to take what you learned and get yourself to IMAs and kill it there?
0: So it was coming off Wisconsin I definitely have enough fitness. That was, that was priority number one. I, I, right now, I have so much fitness. This is my second Ironman, and I'm feeling really good. The, the morning after Ironman Wisconsin, I was at a yoga studio, heated yoga studio, called The Studio, in the machinery building in Madison, doing yoga in a heated environment. And from then, I've done five straight days of yoga, and I feel absolutely amazing right now. I don't feel much repercussion from the race. So, you, that
1: you've been doing some strength too, like strength and yeah, like walking I've with me.
0: Jumped into TRX training and I've swum twice. Today was the second session and things are coming around. So, this is less than a week out of Ironman and I'm confident in my fitness. So, I've got the endurance. So, the plan going into Ironman, Arizona, which is now as of Sunday, yesterday. It is nine weeks out from Ironman Arizona. So I'm going to take one more week of light exercise, maybe work in some, some bike sessions and maybe a run or two, nothing really heavy. And then my goal is going to be to, to, to train my top end. Um, I've done a lot of the base work. I've done a lot of the tempo, steady state work. What I'm going to do is tap into a little bit of my high end. And this gives me an experience to spend eight weeks doing that. And it's gonna be a lot of of Z4, Z5 work, and then plenty and plenty of rest and recovery. So I'm gonna switch from a typical seven-day schedule, and I'm gonna jump into a 10-day schedule. And this is my opportunity to mix it up. I know already I've done two Ironmans. I know what, and I've done the same thing pretty much the workouts leading into them. I already know what that does. It's time to mix it up a little bit. And I wanna see what is going to come from changing up my intensity, effort level, and recovery level. So not only is my intensity gonna pick up, my recovery is gonna pick up. So it's gonna be hard sessions and hard recovery.
1: I love that. Yeah. That's I think that's what makes you such an awesome coach, is like you're constantly on the front lines of of looking for new better ways to, you know, strengthen your body. And and I think it's so key for athletes that want to get to the next level that have plateaued wherever they are that you've got all these tools in your pocket it's just amazing and then the mindfulness aspect that you lend to your athletes is so beautiful to watch it's really really cool
0: yeah and for arizona i do of course my meditation practice is going to be amped on
1: up. game yes. on game on arjuna all right. That's it for questions. That was awesome, Beach. Thank you so much. And congratulations again. It was a real joy to watch it all. Oh, I do want you to share real quick before we wrap this up, your recovery meal, because you dropped the ball and getting the old uh, nachos that we usually do, the vegan nachos. <laughs> but you ended up getting like this beautiful recovery meal uh, the day of the race.
0: Yeah. So usually we do nachos. I go to the Whole Foods and I'll get my food and come back to the where if I'm staying and make nachos with black beans and guacamole and oh, salsa, it's like it's like the perfect post-race meal. Because at Ironman, they have... Poison. Junk. It's absolutely junk. <laughs> there's fruit. There's fruit. I did grab a banana and some grapes. But I didn't do it this time. I forgot. So I got home and wanted to go to the Green Owl Cafe, which is the vegan or vegetarian restaurant that I had gone to, but they were already closed. So there's this pizza shop, literally one block away and my host, Marta and Theo were raving about the, the pizza there. So I looked at their menu and they had a vegetarian, which included a beet.
1: What is it? A beet? You said it was like a beet pesto. Pesto.
0: And it had gorgonzola cheese and kale. And obviously I, I'm not going to have the gorgonzola cheese, but I wanted to substitute maybe tomato, like roasted tomatoes. So I called them and asked the f- if I could have it vegan. And they were like, totally cool. And I said, what do you think about uh, roasted tomatoes on it? What what, what do you think about that? And he was like, I think it'd be rocking. (laughs) So I was like, all right, order me up one. I'll be down in 10 minutes. And it was awesome. It was this awesome pizza, no cheese, but it had the beet pesto and it had kale and tomatoes on it. And well, that was awesome because you want to put high vibe food in your body, but I had a conversation with somebody at the bar there who was asking me about being plant-based and not putting cheese on the pizza. And then so I talked to them for five minutes and then I left the pizza shop and there was this golden retriever that I had to say hi to with this, uh, this group of four parents and then their, their daughter and and her husband. And I talked to them at least for 15 minutes about the pizza and being plant-based. And it all started with petting their golden retriever. So this pizza led me to speak to the locals in Madison about the lifestyle that I had and that I was so happy and energetic. And I had just done an Ironman. I was like three hours off an Ironman. And they were, the father was like, you're a Testament to a plant-based diet. Like look at your, look at how you're acting, look at how you're moving. And that to me was just, that made that trip. Just so worth it, because it showed that what we're doing, people people are curious about it, and whether he whether he goes home and he has cheese or I don't care. the fact that we had that engaging conversation and we both connected and, and we talk about community a lot, we connected, and it was all over going down to a pizza place for uh, a vegan pie that I originally hadn't planned for because I, I missed out on purchasing or getting ready my, my traditional post-race meal. Like all these things flow together and if you just let go of expectations and just let, let the time come and go and just see what interactions you have, it, it's literally so amazing the engagement that you have and the conversations that you, that you spark up. And as I was walking away from these people, they were like, that's the most we've talked to anybody since we've been here this weekend. That's awesome. <laughs> so it just kept getting better and ah oh, it just it yeah. warms my heart and makes me makes me love everything that we are pursuing and that we are on the right path.
1: I know. It's not an easy path. It's Holy the warrior crap. path. It, it is, is not easy. There
0: were warrior moments, but these letting go of expectations and and seeking the unknown has been the mantra lately, I guess I would say, and hasn't it been quite
1: Oh, it's, 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 yeah, I mean, and it's the, so the expectations come from the mind, right? And the mind is based on past experience, and then it projects that past experience into the future, and it creates those expectations and your goals based on what it knows. That's how it works, right? That is such a limited way to live your life, because when you stay fluid and really, really connected to the moment what unfolds is far greater than you could ever imagine, right? So stop complaining. Stop complaining. Stand up and fight. Stand up and fight for your right to live this vibrant, gorgeous, abundant life, you know? And while you were having this experience, you know, that huge hurricane was hitting um, the the Caribbean and Florida, and then Hurricane Harvey devastated Houston. And and I just want to say, you guys... The earth is in a state of trauma. She is completely out of balance and she will do what it takes to get back into balance, right? So those natural disasters, as we call them, is her re-seeking her balance again. She is out of balance because we are out of balance. She is out of balance because we are out of balance. And in the end, she's going to survive and she will shrug us off when she is ready, when she is done with what it is that we are doing and what it is that we are using and utilizing and abusing to navigate our lives. So stand up to the fight. Notice these little tests. You are bigger, greater, stronger, more powerful than you could ever imagine and so stay really connected to your breath and the moment that of your life that you are living, because there's no moment more important than another. So live them all fully. Right.
0: Absolutely. All right.
1: Okay. You guys, that's it. Um, let's see if you're local here in the Carlsbad area, we have a yoga for athletes workshop on September 30th at peace, love in yoga. It's going to be our foundational workshop. We're going to be working on length, strength, opening joint space, and then we're going to whip up some amazing recovery smoothies straight out of the Yogi Triathlete Cookbook for everyone to to share in, to help their recovery, and then we're going to open up the conversation. So if you're local in the San Diego area or even LA or the Orange County, come on down and see us. And then we're also going to be starting a run group October 7th, which is going to be from Peace, Love, and Yoga here in Carlsbad. That's going to be super fun, structured workouts every Saturday with Beej as our head coach. And then come back into the studio where I'm going to be teaching an 8 a.m. hot yoga class to boost your recovery. And then we have some other exciting news that's coming down the pike, a partnership that we um, have fallen into by listening to our hearts and staying fluid with the universe and landing in the exact place that we're supposed to be here in Carlsbad. So we'll be announcing that pretty soon. And if you are racing Oceanside 70.3 next year, you'll definitely be taking advantage of this partnership that we are going to be unveiling in a few weeks. So that's it for now, you guys. Stay fluid. Stay fluid. Notice your hard limits. Notice like when you get charged up by something or you get in fear or you get panicked or you're even like overly joyful and you're just like, ah, you know, you're just kind of like lose, you lose your shape a little bit. Notice those moments. Be awake and ready for those moments and see what is there for you to learn because this is a school and we all want to graduate. I don't want to Ha-ha-ha-ha!